Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Seth Askelson, and thank you for joining me here on Locked on Coyotes is the special Sunday edition, again, for you beautiful fans. And uh, the Coyotes uh, coming off another tough loss uh, to the Minnesota Wild that came last night. We'll talk about that, get a chance to talk about uh, just a bad week in general for them, and then take a look around the league, as we always do here on Locked on Coyotes, is uh, let's talk about last night's game, and it's one that I think a lot of Coyotes fans and even myself don't want to talk too much about. It was a team that was up three to one, uh, late or into the second period, and up three to two, right before the end of the second. And um, kind of a lot of uh, I wouldn't say storylines, but kind of a lot of interesting news coming out of this game tonight, um, or last night. That is, is uh, let's take a quick look. At the game, uh, Michael Grabner gets the goal scoring started first after a kind of a, a weird bounce. It looked like uh, he was at the top of the circle and kicked his foot out. I wouldn't say kicked. He kind of moved his foot out to try and catch a pass, but the pass was coming so hard from uh, Ness. Bounced off his skate, and it went in towards the net, and Dubnik was already moving from, his, uh, from left to right, and it got through. So that got the scoring started. Not too much after that. Jacob Chicker on just an absolute one T puts it home. Nick Schmaltz, another assist. Dvorak on an assist as well. Chickering's fourth. He's really starting to come into form. Um, go into the second period on the power play. Yet another power play goal given up by the Coyotes, a team that had uh, top two penalty kill last year. Uh, Miko Koivu scores on the power play at 319 in the second. Um, but about five minutes later, and five minutes and one second later, to be exact, Vinny Hinnestroza, his second from Osterley and Ekman Larson. Um, and then this is where things really started to head downhill for the Coyotes. Kevin Fiala scores his third um, at 13.04. Um, made a nice move, cut in, and uh, it was actually off a rebound. Kemper couldn't sweep it away, and Fiala crashing in, grabbed it, and slipped it home. And Matt Dumbo with a, a shot similar to what Jacob Chikrin had. Just a big one-time shot from the point found its way through. And again, another goal right before the end of the period. And so it was a tough way to go uh, for the Coyotes into the period. And then Ryan Hartman, who was left all alone in front, uh, sniped one home for his second of the season. Ryan Hartman, a new change of scenery coming over from Chicago. Hasn't started the way he has hoped. Uh, but he got the game winner last night. It came at 4:54. The Coyotes had the opportunities, just couldn't find a way to get him past. And tough one for the Coyotes to swallow again. It, it was a, a bad week. Their uh, third loss of the week. Again, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I think the most interesting news um, coming out of that game. Now, this is from Michael Russo, who covers um, the Minnesota Wild for the Athletic. Um, also has. Uh, According to his Twitter bio, uh, three podcasts. Um, also does some stuff for KFAN and Fox Sports North. Um, this is his tweet, uh, and quote, According to some Minnesota in the Minnesota Wild Room, Kemper was talking smack in the first period. Some took it in jest. Some took it seriously and dished it back during the comeback. And then in that same tweet, a Miko Koivu quote, I don't want to say anything about that. I'll leave it to that. To me, it's not fun what happened, but it is what it is. So Darcy Kemper used to play for Minnesota, obviously. Um, had that one really good playoff run that ended in the second round of the Chicago Blackhawks. They ended up getting Devin Tubnik, ironically enough, from the Coyotes. 
Dubnik took over, and uh, that's where Kemper really started to kind of bounce around a little bit before finding his home in Arizona. And it's it's uh, one of those things where some <laughs> it's kind of a weird situation, right? He knows a lot of those guys in that room. That team hasn't changed in terms of the core guys that much. Um, there was a play where he made a stop and he was saying something to Eric Stahl and you could see both of them kind of smiling and laughing. And um, obviously Miko Koivu, I don't think appreciated it that much or at least as much as maybe Eric Stahl might have. Um, but uh, Kemper, who's uh, up until this point been maybe the league's best goaltender, he's had a tough week uh, as his team has, um, evidently getting a, a little mouthy. Um, but it's good to see that confidence, but definitely uh, not fun when it gets dished back, especially uh, the way the Coyotes had lost that game. Now, um, taking a look at Richard Morin, um, he had uh, made a good point as well. He covers the Coyotes for uh, AZ Central, and uh, so the Coyotes have blown leads in four straight games um, and this is from his tweet quote the results at Edmonton overtime win at Calgary overtime loss versus Columbus uh, regulation loss and then uh, against Minnesota at the time when he tweeted it he put TBD the game hadn't ended yet obviously we all know that has ended in a loss so Richard Moore making a good point as well uh, so just the way that ends four straight blown leads and it doesn't get easier you got to go to Washington Craig Morgan has tweeted out a picture from the nation's capital, so it looks like he has already arrived there, and the team probably pretty close, uh, not far behind if they're not there already. Um, so I guess for the Coyotes in this game, this is the second straight loss to a team that has um, two teams that are at the bottom of their conference, right? I think Minnesota starting to figure it out a little bit. They've had a really successful road trip, which... I don't think Minnesota is as bad as the record says. I just don't know. I just don't know what what this team is. I think I think they're better than Chicago. I think they're better than Anaheim. Anaheim has started to really fall off. Not that the Coyotes have put together a good semblance of uh, what they're doing um, in terms of success, but uh, after all that losing, still only. Uh, basically one point out of a playoff spot and they got a chance at uh, two this week and um, again we'll talk about that a little bit later but um, two teams that are at the bottom of their conference coming into Sunday Minnesota two points out of dead last place though they um, they've had a not a terrible uh, run um, five four and one in the last ten not as bad as some of those teams that are a little bit closer to them uh, Standings-wise, and even some above them, um, and then you take a look over at Columbus. They lost last night, so that uh, their win streak didn't go very far. So another loss for them. They're three, five, and two in their last ten. It's one of those where the Coyotes, two bad teams, they seem to get up against the teams that are well, and that's that's I think the the thing that worries me the most is it's a team that uh, comes up and is really one of those where they're playing to the level of their competition, no matter what it is, right? I think against Edmonton and Calgary, they looked great, and 
they did blow that lead to Calgary, but they still got a point. They led for a long time in that game. And then they come back home, at home nonetheless, and lose the two teams near the bottom of the conference. So it's one of those where the Coyotes just have to figure out figure out what they're doing, right? They got to figure out, are they going to play the mo- the consistent brand of hockey that a lot of people saw early on this year, or are they going to play the, the hockey that, that we've seen this last week where they win and, or they win against good teams and they play tough against good teams. And then when they get a bad team and an opportunity to, for lack of a better statement, I mean, this is no disrespect. Every team in the NHL is dangerous and has those uh, top level players, but a team that should be an easy two points against and and they squander them away. So we'll see what the Coyotes have in store for the upcoming week. They get back on the ice tomorrow. And uh, since the Coyotes are on the road, got a chance to sit on the couch, wash at home. You can treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners, which is you, can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code locked on. Once again, $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code locked on. Mentioned a little bit earlier, the Coyotes now back on the road. They get Washington tomorrow. And they gotta go to St. Louis. And Brad Richardson had, had made a good point, and again, I apologize. I can't remember where I had seen his quote post game. I think it may have come from Matt Lehman. I'll take a quick look at that. But basically what it said was um, <laughs> he doesn't know who's making the schedules, right? It's um, very odd and um, I can't seem to find who tweeted that out. But um, again, I always want to give them the credit for that. But it said that um, basically he's perplexed at who's making the schedules and, and why it's so tough, right? I mean, a back-to-back against the top two teams in the NHL on the road, and it's just not its not ideal. And I think that the Coyotes, again, have gotten kind of the short end of the stick in the scheduling, which, again, nobody's going to feel sorry for them. I get it, but, I mean, man, it's one of the... The Minnesota Wild. I know they've only played five games at home, so they've they've kind of gotten the tough end of the stick as well. But it's just been kind of a weird scheduling year for a lot of teams, right? Minnesota's played five games at home compared to twelve on the road already. Um, it's just kind of kind of odd. And and the Blackhawks are the other way around, right? They've played nine games at home, and uh, now it's finally starting to catch back up a little bit. They had played nine games at home. Uh, they went on the road a couple times this week, and uh, now they've played seven on the road. But it, it, you feel like it shouldn't be the, the disparity shouldn't be that big. The Coyotes are at four and four at home right now, where that's that's eight games and uh, five, two and two. That's nine. It just feels like the Coyotes their home games are they get home and they play one or two, then they're back on a long road trip. Then they get home, play two, back on a long road trip. And um, I think 
everybody has to play 41 home games and 41 road games. And I think sometimes when you can get some of the tough road games out of the way early, it's not a, a bad idea, especially if you're a team that thinks they're going to compete, is going to need that health and maybe some of that home ice advantage. So uh, as you as you go along. Um, so the for the Coyotes, it's, again, nine on the road, eight at home, but they're going on the road for three. So they're going to have 12 road games to eight home games. But the schedule eases up. We talked about this earlier in the week. Uh, they got to go to Minnesota Thursday, maybe try and get some revenge there. But then they come home. Calgary, the Kings, Toronto, to the Kings, then back home for the Oilers. So uh, really they have uh, kind of a, a quasi-six-game uh, homestand. They play five home games in six days. Um, and then their lone road game is in L.A., so it's not even that far of a trip. And even you look beyond that, then after uh, the 27th, November 27th against the Ducks right before Thanksgiving, a Black Friday date with the Vegas Golden Knights, as well as a uh, a game against the Sharks on November 30th back at home. So not a lot of traveling on the back half of November. Um, a chance for the Coyotes to really start racking up points as December starts. They do go back out on the road, but that's really their major, the last super major East Coast road trip, Columbus, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Chicago. They still do have to go visit Eastern Canada and Boston at some point, um, as well as uh, the southern teams, Florida, Tampa Bay, Carolina. That uh, Florida, Tampa Bay, Carolina is a three-game road trip, then they return home. Um, and then, as usual, the Boston and Eastern Canada road trip, four games, and they return home. So uh, after this, only two major, really, East Coast road trips. I know that's uh, the one to... to um, the Southern teams against three teams that I think had big playoff aspirations. Carolina slowed down. Florida looks a lot better. They won today. And Tampa Bay, uh, we all know how good they can be. They're still trying to figure it out. But for the Coyotes right now, you get through this road trip. And they play good on the road. They're 5-2-2. and They are 5-2-2. and There's been only two times on the road this season they have not picked up points. And one of those was opening night. And the other one, uh, actually cannot recall the other one for some reason. I almost said it was a Colorado game, but it wasn't because they had uh, went to overtime. It was the Islanders game, um, that first loss where you truly felt they got kind of pushed around and beat up a little bit. So we'll see. The Coyotes have been pretty good at recovering from losses. Um, this makes it three in a row, but if you're the Coyotes... This is a chance you just take that week and you stuff it right in the trash. You just crumple it up. You you learn from the tape, and once you take the notes and, and what you need, you put it right in the fireplace, or you just toss it off the plane as you're flying through. It, it's over, right? A nightmare week where you felt that you could have easily had eight points. Um, now you only got three. Now you're sitting kind of in an odd spot in the standings. Didn't really make any ground like you could have. But another chance, a four-game week. Build some confidence. Beat the best team in the East. Beat the best team in the West. Get your revenge against Minnesota. Then get home and really start into that schedule. I mean, if the Coyotes can go on the road and they go 2-1, and one, or even if they go 1-1-1, one, one and one, if they pick up three of those six points, that's a huge win for this team that is really feeling down on confidence. And 
again, you don't want to get to that point in the season where you look back and you say, wow, that week where they could have beat Calgary and they lost to Columbus and Minnesota when they were leading, we really could have used those points. You, the Coyotes don't want to be that team. And for Arizona, it's, again, you go, you throw this week in the trash, you take what you need to learn from it, and you come back and gain some confidence against uh, the league's top two teams, get your revenge on Minnesota before you come home and uh, find You don't leave the uh, mountain time zone um, in the next two weeks after they get back um, on Thursday. So really, you are uh, not too far away. You're four days away from not having to leave the mountain time zone for nearly 20 days. So the Coyotes need to put themselves in a good position, gain some confidence, and uh, we'll see if they can get that done as uh, another big road trip for them early in this season. As we always do here on Locked on Coyotes, we will take a look around the league. We'll start last night and uh, touch quickly on a controversial story. Um, (laughs) Controversial because it unfortunately has people split. Um, Don Cherry and his, uh, I mean, flat-out xenophobic comments. Again, I don't live in Canada. I don't vote there. So what do I know, right? I'm just an American. I'm a kid that lives in in Arizona. But, I mean, man, just a disgusting thing to say. And, um, you know, you hope Sportsnet put out an apology. And, again, I understand why people are upset. I don't think it's a good apology either. But being a PR person myself, it's somewhat understandable, right? You can't, you would hope a lot of those people that write those apologies don't feel the same way that Don Cherry does. In PR, it's it's about management, right? It's about crisis management. You can't bury anybody right away. So again, I know people are upset at Sportsnet for the apology, but I hope the apology or the uh, anger is directed at those that make the decisions at Sportsnet and not the ones that had to write that because that's that's part of the job in PR. And again, I hope, I just hope that the people that wrote that apology that were told to write that apology don't believe what Don Cherry said. Um, so Don Cherry, you got to think his time is soon, right? I mean, it's he's been on air. And again, I've... I watch Hockey Night in Canada every night, but that's from uh, NHL.TV, NHL Center Eyes type deal. I don't see Don Cherry on TV more than once a week. I don't really hear about him. I follow him on Twitter. Um, Maybe I shouldn't anymore. Uh, But I've never really gotten a true sense of of really how bad Don Cherry is. I know he said some controversial stuff, uh, especially I think that was back sometime in the 90s when he had reference about how European players are, you know, are the ones getting the high sticking penalties and was kind of xenophobic towards Europeans a little bit, kind of made a lot of people uncomfortable. Uh, but what he said last night, and I get it, you know, you want to you wanna say, oh, well, he's, you know, right and, and respecting the truth. But there, there's a different way to say, hey, support the veterans and, you know, what they've done instead of coming out and saying, you know, you people and, you know, they fight for what you have. And and it just, it was gross. It was a gross way to send that message. And again, true colors shine and thank God for social media. Anyways, the hockey side of things, the Islanders, 
take down the Panthers last night, 2-1. to one. The Islanders uh, had their winning streak broken, but they're back on the horse. Barzell scores and Mayfield scores for them. Thomas Grice with the win. The Lightning in Sweden take down the Sabres. The Buffalo Sabres really struggling right now. Patrick Maroon scores twice. Victor Hedman scores. Yanni Gord and uh, Joseph score as well. In a shootout, the Flyers take down the Maple Leafs. So uh, last Saturday, Toronto was in Philadelphia and beat them in a shootout. The script flips as they head to Toronto and the Flyers hand the Maple Leafs the same fate. The Canadiens take down the Kings 3-2. Shea Weber scores twice in the first period on the power play. Nate Thompson also adds a goal in the first. The Senators beat the struggling Hurricanes. Uh, Nemestikov, who's been a great addition to that team, um, as the Sens win 4-1. to Nemestikov scored is what I, what I meant to finish that with. Um, Penguins and Blackhawks in a shootout. Pittsburgh takes home that win. Gensel and Russ score in regulation. Uh, Kabulik and Patrick Kane for Chicago. The Capitals drag the Knights down. Uh, they beat them 5-2. Kuznetsov and Wilson with first period goals. Uh, Backstrom scores twice in the third. Obviously, the Wild beat the Coyotes 4-3. The Avs beat the Blue Jackets 4-2. Kale McCarr scores twice. Kadri it looks like he's finally feeling comfortable in Colorado. He scores again in the third. In overtime, the Blues beat the Flames. David Perron, another overtime goal for him. In regulation, uh, O'Reilly scores on the power play. Barbashev his second. And another third period comeback by the Flames. Kachuk at 10:59, Hamannick at 16:04, but ultimately lose. And in a shootout, the Sharks beat the Predators 2-1. Philip Forsberg scores for the Predators in the second. Hurdle ties the game at 5:22 in the third. And the Sharks take the victory in the shootout. Take a look at the standings here in the NHL. Actually, before we move on to that, there have been some games already played here on this Sunday at time of recording. Time of recording is 3.47 Mountain Time. Um, as of right now, the end of the second, the Devils have, are leading the Canucks 2-1. to one. The Golden Knights and the Red Wings are tied at 1 at the end of 1. Uh, earlier today, the Panthers, a comeback win over the Rangers, 6-5 to five in the shootout. And in overtime, Mark Scheifele leads the Jets to a 3-2 win over the Dallas Stars. So again, at 347 on Sunday, take a look at the standings. Uh, again, the East, nothing's really changed too much except Pittsburgh's finally jumped into um, that three spot, taking over Carolina, who has lost four in a row. Uh, so Washington, the Islanders, Pittsburgh, and the Metro, and the Atlantic, Boston, Toronto with their shootout point, and Montreal round out that. The Wild Cards, Florida, big win today. They're at 21 points, and Philadelphia with their uh, win yesterday up to 20. It's been four straight losses for both Buffalo and Carolina. They occupy the first and second teams outside the Wild Card spot at 20 and 19 points respectively, two in a row. On the weekend for Tampa has pulled them back up. They're at 18 points. Um, the Rangers, the overtime loss gives them 16. Columbus's loss in Colorado, they have 15 points. Ottawa, one, two in a row. Again, I think they're an exciting team. I don't think they're going to go uh, anywhere. Um, but definitely the most exciting uh, team to watch in terms of teams that uh, you know aren't going to aren't going to make the playoffs or going to compete. New Jersey, who's winning right now in Vancouver, has 12 points. And Detroit, dead last in the East at 11. In the Central, uh, just some positioning has changed. Colorado jumps Nashville into second place. St. Louis has won seven in a row. They're in first in the Central. Edmonton, uh, they're at 24 points. Calgary at 23. And Vancouver at 21. Vancouver's lost two in a row. 
And again, down 2-1 to the Devils. So they might be three in a row. Uh, Vegas and Winnipeg occupy the wildcard spots at 21. The Coyotes just on the, just on the outside at 20. They've lost three in a row. Anaheim at 19. Dallas at 18. San Jose, who's won three in a row at 15. Chicago at 14. Uh, Minnesota with 13 points. And Los Angeles, again, occupying dead last in the West with 11 points. Appreciate you joining me here on Locked On Coyotes. My name is Seth Askelson. You can follow me on Twitter at SAskelson96. Once again, that is at S-A-S-K-E-L-S-O-N-9-6. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. Once again, that is at LO underscore Coyotes. Tune in tomorrow. We'll preview the Capitals game, update you on the Coyotes news and notes, see where the league is at. Um, Appreciate you tuning in today on this Sunday special. Can't wait to talk to you tomorrow. And we hope, as always, that you stay locked on, Coyotes.